knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming at you just to let you know we are working on an intro. We are not tech guys, so this is a little challenging for us, and we're not going to pay someone to do it for us. We're going to figure it out ourselves. So we're working on that. If you guys are wondering, wow, right when you turn it on, you get to hear my beautiful voice. <laughs> I did. This is why. So That is a beautiful point you brought up. Yeah, so we're just rolling right in. I've been like six episodes deep like telling you we should... Mention. Yeah. We should mention that we're working on it. We're going to take out the old intro. Like, yeah. We just took out the old intro. We didn't it's feel garbage. Like, we didn't feel like it was us, you know, and uh, we're trying to work on something pretty cool. Like, that's pink room worthy. Yeah, it was pink room. It was it was early pink room, which <laughs> we, I think like our 50th episode, we should go back to the pink room just for like a reunion yeah. pink with, room special. With the sound quality we can put out now. Yeah, for pink sure. Pink room special. Back at the, okay. But getting into we're this. Gonna, we're going to get a special guest. Yeah. Be like, this this big time. <laughs> getting into this. <laughs> we had Matt and Alex from The Rise. Um, it, This was a an awesome episode, and we got super passionate on this thing. Uh, They put out some really good details, and then me and you just went on a tangent about God, deer dude. hunting man. i got i got a little sidetrack yeah we get we get pumped about this stuff and it's so hard to like we had to like i had to like reel ourselves in you know about how i mean his story was just so in detail i mean he shot a 170s alex did and he went into such detail about the years tracking this buck and how emotional it was for him to shoot it 
and how passionate he was about the animal. It just got me jacked. And then we went on a 10-minute, 20-minute <laughs> charade of me and Homie talking about how jacked we get about deer <laughs> right. hunting. He almost beat us at our own game is, what, is yeah. almost what happened. Yeah, he, he. I mean, you could tell how passionate he was about this. But there's a there's some really good stuff on uh, if anybody's out there that wants to film or self-film. Um, some really good stuff about hunting multiple states in this episode. Uh, the guys are just a couple killer guys that I'm glad that we got the connection with and uh, we get to continue to to follow their show. Um, they uh, they really they really are putting something out that's a little a little bit different than most guys, and that's something that I really like to point out about this episode is they you know they said that they're they're trying to figure out what they want to do, and it was honorable to say that instead of saying oh we got this figured out. They're saying, oh, you know, we're we're working class like you, you know, and we're trying to figure this thing out, and we're trying to get what people like, you know, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put out something that people want to follow, you know, and we and we hope we're doing that. Let us know if we're not. We'll uh, we'll ignore you. But <laughs> <laughs> I was say, if you guys don't like the the intro of me smacking the antlers together, yeah, I'm let, sorry. Let us know, dude. That was an awesome idea. I'm just saying. But anyways, <laughs> let's get right into our partners coming down. Yeah. Top of the line, right off the right off the hot burner. Any deer that we have in our hands is at Ingram's outdoor obsession. At yep, and getting mounted right now. Um, let's see, one, two, three of them. Three, three. A coyote, a coon, a mink. Oh, oh, yeah. you want to go into all that? Yeah, I was like, we starting. got three deer heads. Yeah, it's just plus, starting. Plus a bunch of junk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> plus a bunch of stuff because he's just crushing it, and Man. the guy's so passionate about it. Yeah. And, and the more podcasts I do, and the more people I meet, I connect to the people that are just crazy passionate about this stuff because they understand. Unlike my wife, you know, I. My buddy finds sheds, and I'm like, oh, I got to drive out there and see him. She's like, that's crazy. <laughs> you can you see him tomorrow. About? I'm like, no, I got to go now. <laughs> right. <laughs> this right. is major, you know. And uh, when when I can see that passion in someone, I I just connect with them, you know. And I can see that in Ingram and him, Mountain Deer, and with his episode way back there, you know, when we were first starting out. Yeah, we're we're due for a refresh on him. Yeah, I, can I mean, tell you that he, right now. He's just, he just – that was an awesome, packed, full episode. And – uh and you can tell how passionate the guy is about what he does, and he's putting out such a good product at a at a a really good working class price range. When the guy is trying to set antlers on a mount, and he's trying to get it exactly the way that you remember or seen him at first first glance, and he's got you know Cody. Oh 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 yeah, antlers aren't right. I need you to. Screw it out eighth inch. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need to back it out an eighth back, inch. Back I'm it like, out eighth inch. I'm like, that's how much detail this Dude. guy is putting in. So, and then I, I just cannot get over the breath of the yeah. whiskers on a homeboy's chin. Yeah, like yeah. that, that has just set it off for me. It and clear. then it's a tan hide. Yeah, the tan hide is just it's next level stuff. It is. All right, we're gonna get in ECW turkey calls. This was gonna be coming out. After we're we're, we're uh, recording this early, so this is going to be coming out after me and Homie both have stellar birds down because of these ECW calls. Hell yeah, we're putting that out there before, so it's we're calling the shot. 
Um, I'm going to say 3.8 out of 10 chance that happens. <laughs> Rolling on. But we're going to – that's what we're going to say is going down. So ECW putting it down. Um, uh, by this time comes out, that giveaway will probably be already done. But Giveaway's if you want done. one of those calls, you can message us, and we will get you the hookup because you do not want to miss out on a veteran-made product, veteran-owned, handmade individual to each call. Turkey call, grunt tube, duck call, whiskey barrel dunk call. Goose call. Goose call. I mean, he's got it going on. If you're trying to go hunting, he's got it covered. He's got it covered. If you want to call something in, he don't have no elk calls. No. Besides an elk. Yeah, elk. Yeah, besides an elk, you're good to go. Moose, you probably just get a tattoo on your lip. Other than that. (laughs) What? Yeah, a lot of people just call moose with their mouth. Oh. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, you know. Best you. intro ever. <laughs> Moose call out of the back burner. That was legit. Need some raking trees and shit going on. All right, we're moving right on to the veteran broadhead. Here we go. Um, uh, can't say enough about the veteran. Um, can't say enough about Matt. I can't wait till we have him on an episode and he blows your guys' mind about the science of cutting that this guy knows. He. He's a veteran, which which is the reason he made this product, and he went to – I'm going to dumb it down for people like me – rocket science school, <laughs> right. you know, and, and now he makes broadheads. And what's cool is how humble he is about it, but how knowledgeable about it he is. And he can – when I'm talking to him, he can dumb it down to where I understand, you know what I mean? Because he's speaking in layman's terms sometimes, and he says, you know – and he'll he'll blatantly say, you know, I'm not I'm not better than you, but I'm you know I I if you don't understand, tell me, because then I'll I'll use a analogy or something to to tell you how to understand it. And that's one thing that's great about him. I mean, not everybody understands rocket science. Yeah, I know. Which yeah. is his he, language. He loves I mean, that dude, stuff. Yeah, this dude is top notch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I talked to him the other day for an hour and a half on the phone. You know, I mean, it just about turkey hunting deer hunting about broadheads about the hunting industry just i mean just so cool some insight of a guy that's been doing it for a long time and have built a business from the ground up and one thing i love about him and i i love about his broadhead is he he speaks his mind and his broadhead speaks his mind too it doesn't it does exactly what it says it does you know i mean there's he does one thing exactly this podcast does. Just speak your mind. Yeah, just speak your mind and send Let it, it out flow, there. dude. You know, and if people don't like it, I mean, they don't like it. So, But we're going to get right into our VI, uh, VIP veteran broadhead shout-out. This is Jimmy Taylor. Do you want to hit this up? This is your buddy from way oh, back in kindergarten, dude. man. I was out. I went to kindergarten with Jimmy. So he's been active duty in the Army since 2008. In 2012, he went to he deployed to Baghdad in Iraq in 2009, and then Mazari. Oh man, dude, this is tough. Yeah. Mazari Sharif. Yeah, Mazari Sharif in 2011. So, Jimmy, we thank you, um, dude. The army, you went for the big dog. So, Jimmy, we we thank you and. We hope you enjoy listening to the Whitetail Legacy podcast, man. Thank you, Jimmy. We appreciate that, your service, and the time that you spent 
uh, overseas protecting our freedom so we can send this podcast. Um, that was the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. Yeah, so I'm just going to run this by everybody right now. Um, I think what what we should do when we get to 100 episodes of this podcast. Whoa, you're talking long. This, this big time. Yeah. I mean, this big time. We will rewind the play button, and anybody who has been a VIP shout-out, Cody and I will buy a package of VIP broadheads, and it will be a giveaway Nice for any VIP shout-out. Yeah, that'd be sweet, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. I, I, think, I didn't even run this I think we should you. do it 50. Let's do it 50. You want to do a 50? Yeah, let's, and let's oh, buy yeah. two packs. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do two packs. We'll do two packs, 50 episodes. Right Giveaway for anybody that's been a VIP shout out on yeah. this episode. Okay, so, We're so from handshake. This oh, is yeah. this is off the cuff right now. Yeah, handshake. This is definitely off the cuff. Yeah. So episode one to episode fifty. Yeah. If you've been a VIP shout out, you are entered into a double a drawing. Draw. Yeah, double a drawing, drawing for VIP for broadheads. A veteran. three pack of the veteran broadhead. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a good you plan. You like that? That's another way we can salute them, just a small way. We can say, hey, man, go shoot these veterans and uh, appreciate I your guarantee service. whoever wins this is going to be like. They're going to put down a 170. Oh, yeah. They're going to send a, a red, white, and blue meat missile into a 170. Just a giant. That thing screams. When you, when I shoot it out of my bow, the natural anthem is just screaming out of it as it goes saying, in. I wasn't going to get too cocky, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard when yeah, I shot Yeah, national it. anthem's just screaming out. Dude. You know, oh, say, <laughs> boom! Yeah, I was saying, Hits a 170, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, dude. This is off-the-cuff advertising at its best. <laughs> Woo! I'm ready to go, dude. Alright, guys, this is a power-packed episode. Alex and Matt, crush it on this one a lot of good info a passionate podcast the ones i love the ones that get you really thinking about why you love deer hunting yeah and there's good info in here but there's a badass deer story in here so <laughs> oh yeah that that mic that mic hit right there was just me just uh, getting, just getting fired pumped, up, dude. So. just getting fired up again about <laughs> cody talking about the deer story because i'm the deer story gets me jacked up and then we had to do the intro he talked about it again. I just, yeah. I just thought about it. I was oh, dude, I'm make ready you, to go. Let's makes go. You, makes you want to get in the stand. So we thank you guys for listening. We're, we're going to get right into this and get Alex and Matt on the line. Here we go. All right, guys. We got we got Matt and Alex from The Rise. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having us, man. Alex, thank you too, dude. We're glad we got a, we got the double team coming at us from the rise. No, I appreciate you guys having us on. We're very excited to do this. This is the first time I've been double teamed. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, of course, we got Homie coming in with the the jokes, and we got Cody myself. So, uh, where are you guys calling in from? We're calling in from Michigan. We're uh, we're down here in Alex's place in the Detroit area right now. Yeah, we're about an hour north of Detroit. Nice, Detroit area. I've I I've never worked up in Michigan before. Nope, yeah. never. Been I've worked there. all over the United States, but never up in Michigan. So I want to go to a NASCAR race there, but it's just a little hop, skip, and a jump too far. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's still winter time here. We got <laughs> snow this morning. Well, I mean, here you never know what the hell it's going to do nah, in April. No. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like it's like eighteen out. We got <laughs> we got the buddy heater, propane heater, and the wall heater just blowing up out here in the studio tonight. <laughs> it's cold, but uh, you guys, you guys up in Michigan, you guys got like the most hunters per state, right? There- oh yeah, yeah. The the hunting tradition up here is it's strong. It's uh, damn near everybody you know hunts or knows somebody that hunts. I guess that's super cool. It's like we we work in the you know like kind of like a craft trade, and there's not a lot of hunters, which is surprising. You know, for, to us, Illinois is there's not as many hunters as you would think. Like it is up there. I'm sure it's cool. So you have a bunch of people to talk about hunting, but it's also not as cool because. Everybody had brothers trying to shoot the same buck, same buck, same buck that you, buck that you, that you guys are shooting. So, yeah, gun season is the pumpkin patch around here, real bad. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet, man. What? Kids get the uh, the opening day of gun season off from school around here, but man, I know, I know when I was in high school, uh, we co-opted with a country school, and my junior and senior year, if we took in our deer tag, we could get the the Friday off uh, excused, no no questions <laughs> asked. Nice. So. so what what is it like for a bow hunting count up there you know is, is it that many people i mean obviously it's not as much as rifle but uh you know what is the bow hunting numbers up there look like you know it's it's uh it's pretty pressured really for both season. even it's um it wasn't as bad i guess until they legalized crossbows a few years ago here and, and now a lot of your uh your shotgun and rifle hunters they've taken crossbow hunting as well which you know, it's cool, but it does put a lot of pressure on the deer, and it makes it a little bit more of a challenge. There's a lot more people in the woods, but it's uh, just something you got to adapt to, and it's cool to see more people out, out in the woods. Yeah, we they just opened crossbow up all year for archery season here last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't really seen a huge effect of it yet, but I'm sure after years where people actually know that it's a law and the word gets you know put on that it will grow, but... I've seen yeah. more kids and and women get into the crossbow, which I think is cool. But, but like I said, we don't have near the pressure, so that'd be a, kind of a cool thing to touch later on the show. But let's get right into it and let's talk about the rise. Um, let's kind of talk about the show, how how you guys decided to start it up, and and what your plans are for for this year and the future. Yeah, well, uh, we're a group of guys. Um, there's three of us on the the main show. Um, we have a few other guys that, that produce footage throughout the year that may or may not get used but uh we've we're coming into season three this year um and we're doing a, a web series it's what we've been rolling on and we've all had some previous film experience before and uh we just we, we decided to come together and um you know start building this thing and uh tyler bentley actually he's not with us tonight but he is the guy that started this whole thing and it more or less started i guess as uh like an Instagram, Facebook page, and um, just posting a lot of photos and a little film here, a little film there. And if you go on our YouTube channel, that's what a lot of the older films are is we haven't updated YouTube. So a lot of that old film is from the, the, the I guess, pre-days before um, we actually decided to make a season out of it. And um, me and Tyler got together and decided we were going to do this thing and uh, started picking away at it. And we got a hold of Alex here, which Alex and I have been friends for years, and he, he started filming he was on a big deer and we just it just kind of felt right to get him involved in it and then uh we've got a few other guys we've got ryan and don scornica they're a father and son combo they hunt down in illinois a lot actually in uh, morgan county down there jacksonville area and uh david McElwain, he's out of mississippi he's one of our buddies he films for us a little bit here and there and um 
yeah, we're just, we're trying to get our name out there and, and try and do stuff a little bit different and, uh, obviously trying to kill some big deer, but that's the tough part of it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like they, like me and homie did trying to grow this podcast. It takes time to grow something, to get people involved, to get people to find mm-hmm. you. But what you guys are doing is different than that's, you know, that's, I'm glad you guys reached out to me because the, you guys, I dig what you're doing because it's different than every other, you know, hunting team that's starting to come out. And that's one thing I think you need to be, you either need to have a super cool personality that people can connect to, or you have to be able to film in a different way. And I think just your intro, if someone just watched your intro, they could tell that your filming level is beyond what the normal guy like me and homie filming is going to be, you know? So to me, to me, it's worth watching. (laughs) I think everybody's a little bit above me. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I mean, even, even in the way you guys edit your film together, um, the music and I mean, it's, it's, it's super cool to me. It's almost like a short film and not just like a hunt. So, yeah, you know, that's kind of what we try to do. I mean, we, we try to tell a bit of a story, but we try to tell the story, you know, within the film itself without so many words, I guess, you know, we work the, the music into it and try to keep it a little upbeat. And, and, you know, I guess some people might rag on us for not telling so much of a story, but we're just trying to be different. We're trying to do something, I guess, that you haven't seen a whole lot of, you know, there's so many people out there. They just, they go sit in a tree and they get the kill and they put it together. And, and that's the end of the story. But, you know, we try to, more or less make it something if you're sitting on your lunch hour and you want to get on your cell phone and just watch a video, you know, what's going to keep you coming back to watch our videos, you know, on your lunch hour week after week. Yeah. And most I've noticed since a lot of everything's online now and YouTube and different channels like that, you don't want to watch a 20 minute video on your cell phone. Most people are watching all these videos on your phone. So you want to keep it within five to seven minutes, basically get your point across, but put out good footage. Yeah, and I mean that's almost the biggest challenge that there is is just getting quality footage, being able to get what you want across to the viewer and keeping it to that time restraint because I'm not going to lie, just like you said, I'm not going to probably watch a 20-minute video, but I have, but I have to really plan around a 20-minute video. And then, I mean, I have an unlimited plan on my phone, but a lot of people don't. You know, A lot of people have 2 gigs, 4 gigs, 10 gigs. And I mean, a twenty-minute video can really eat into that. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I was wanting to ask is how how committed are you guys to getting that kill shot on film? Well, you know, we we actually experienced that um, this year. We were just talking about that. Um, Alex shot a buck this year, and he didn't get the full kill on video. But you know, it you know that's kind of the center of attention. But at the end of the day, you know, we're not doing this for a living. And, and if we've got a buck we've been after all year and we're chasing them and we can't get them in frame, we're going to take that deer and we're going to build this, the, the video or the story around that. It's, uh, you know, we, we don't have all week to be out there in the woods, you know, other than our scheduled vacation. So if we get a shot at a deer and it's not in frame, we're, we're going to take it. That's, yeah, that's, that's a perfect answer to that question or perfect. Yeah. Perfect answer to that question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's how we think it too. Cause if, if you can, you don't have to show us a kill shot. And I think a lot of the hunting industry, that's what people want to see. But like me, I'm the complete opposite. If I see a 20 minute video and it's building and building and building, I'm, I'm hooked, man. I'm in, (laughs) I'm in for the whole duration of that show. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm going to keep watching, but 
I like, you know, if, if you don't get a kill shot and you put a video together and put it out and it shows a good story and, um, that, that's, that's hands down to me because I, I, I dig that stuff. That's what I relate to. And that's why we started this podcast was to get stories out. But the reason I like you guys is you tell a story through the music. So like in the upbeat parts, you got some upbeat, you know, music and the, the adrenaline part, you got some adrenaline music. So you guys are doing it different that way and showing the story through music. Like you said, not so many words. So that's new and kind of fresh to me, and I dig it, you know. And I've watched everything you guys got out uh, before you even guys got a hold of me. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, I just like – and then Homie, I didn't even know you had it at YouTube, so Homie told me about your YouTube, and then I watched everything on it, you know. So I, I just love watching hunting videos, and sometimes my job, you know, gives me some downtown, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to where I can do that. So, yeah. But uh, let's get in. Do you uh, do you guys do a lot of self filming, or do you guys do uh, most most of the time have a cameraman? You know, we we try to um, team up as much as possible and get out there and and have a camera guy. But realistically, you know, we all like I said, we work you know forty fifty hours a week, and um, trying to get together, especially when we all live kind of a distance apart, it's hard to get together with a camera guy. And you know, you can't hire a cameraman because we don't have those funds at this point, and um, so there's a lot of self-filming goes on, and uh, that that itself has brought a, a whole another struggle. Yeah, definitely. There's a it's definitely an art to self-film. I was trying to have a cameraman most of the season, but uh, it took me a little longer to kill my buck this year, so I had to hunt into January. So I went down to my lease in Ohio and spent about five six days down there by myself and had to self-film it all, which Matt talked about. When I drew back on the buck, he kind of ran out to about 50 yards, so I wasn't able to pan over on him and just kind of had to make the shot. But it's definitely a different art to self-filming than it is when you have a cameraman. But when you have a cameraman, you got to remember, you have double the motion in the tree, you have double the scent. Um, so there is, there's good and bad about both. Yeah, that is true. So if you, could, if you could give out some of the best lessons you guys have learned with self-filming or – um, with a cameraman, I mean, partially for me and homie and partially for everybody listening, because, <laughs> I mean, you guys got more experience filming than we do, you know, just kind of hit us with some, some tips that you guys have learned. Well, I guess we've kind of, you know, picked up on, uh, we kind of leave everything um, zoomed out a little bit. You know, you're, you're up in a tree and you don't know what the deer's next move is going to be. So, you know, we stay panned back a little bit and that way if that deer you know, moves, it's normally if you were zoomed in, like if you were filming with a, another guy, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> um, I, we, we keep it panned out that way. You know, the deer moves, he's still in frame. You're still going to get that shot. And yeah. It might not be as close and as crystal clear, but you're going to still get that shot on film. Um, and I know Alex has got a lot of tricks for packing light and stuff. Cause that's always, always a pain in the ass, you know, packing all that stuff in the woods. Yeah, that was the biggest thing I struggled with when I started filming was there's just so much stuff. Your backpack goes from about 10 pounds to 50 pounds real quick with the camera on the camera, extra batteries, uh, second angle cameras. That was the biggest thing. But once you kind of get the hang of it and uh, understand how you hang everything and just really being organized, having keeping everything in the same pockets in your pants, your backpacks, your jacket, whatever it is being organized and just repetition of doing things you really get the hang of it like this year i really filming was 
great for me. Uh, past couple of years, I did struggle a little bit with it. Um, but no, this year worked out really well. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Self-filming is tough. Very. And, <laughs> yeah, and, you know. And much, res- can... much respect for you guys getting the, the film out that you guys have because, I mean, it is tough. And just like I talked about a couple episodes ago on my hunt for a buck that I shot and lost, like – a rain front come in and I mean, I was, I was ready to film and everything, but a rain front come in and, uh, I had to put my camera away because I mean, it's my personal camera. You know, we got my, it's the wife's camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Basically it's the wife's camera. You know, we got my son's first birthday on it and you know, I don't want anything to happen to it. And, uh, I, I left it in my book bag after the rain cleared up and I still had, you know, probably an hour and a half of the hunt left. And I just left it in there. I didn't get it back out. And the next thing you know, here comes, you know, a mid-140s 10-point in. And it happened real quick, and I didn't get the camera back out. But, you know, now that I've recovered him, I wish I would have gotten it back out because I would have gotten at least some footage of him. But now I don't have that, you know. So self-filming is hard, and that's the point I want to get across. Like, you know, mad props to you guys for trying it and getting the quality of film out that you guys do have out. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, you got to deal with the weather and stuff like that, but it's not only getting the kill on camera, but when you're trying to, to produce a five- to seven-minute video, you need all the uh, the B-roll to go along with it. So, you know, you're filming yourself walking across the field five times just to make sure you've got the right shot and you know it's a little awkward at first but you're just you're running around like crazy making sure you got this shot you got that shot you got yourself coming out of the truck you got the truck driving away you got the you're getting your bow out of the case there's just so much goes along with it i mean i don't think a lot of times people realize that you know for a five to seven minute video you might have just hundreds of minutes of footage and and it's it's crazy the one thing i really learned about it was to go out an hour or so earlier than what you normally would. If you're going to go hunt at 3 o'clock, go out at 1.30, 2 o'clock. Give yourself time to get some of that B-roll footage, get yourself set up quietly, and be able to do your pre-hunt interviews and different shots from out of the stand. you just you got to be a, a heck of a lot earlier than what you normally would if you weren't filming. Yeah, for sure, because we – uh. I, I learned a lot that this year, and then I, I, what I did was I just like if a doe came in and I already had a ton of footage, footage of does, I would just film her to get better at filming, and you know, and and making sure they're in the in the screen at all at all times, panning out, panning in, and just getting some different angles. And the reason we asked that question was because we have people messaging us like, "Hey man, I just called the pawn shop and asked if they had a camera because you guys got me pumped up to film." You know what I mean? And we got a guy from Mississippi. He just he called me or messaged me and said, "Hey man, you know you guys are putting out stuff, and I think I could do that." And I'm like, "Yeah, you can, because we're not putting out anything that's high quality, <laughs> right. you know, like you guys are." And uh, but it's it's just it's cool to get information out to people because there's people out there that want to do it, but they're just they're scared or they don't think that they're be as good or they're worried about people trolling them and stuff like that and. And we're all for it, man. And and to get tips from guys that have been doing it, like you said, for a couple seasons, is awesome. I'm taking notes right now from you guys, you know, because this is all good information. Because I plan on filming next year, and I got I got it all wrote down here. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, stuff that I can really key on, and I think it would make me better as a filmer. 
Yeah, you know, and that's uh, that's to anyone getting into it right now. I'd say you know just just get yourself a camera, even if it's a a two hundred dollar camera from Walmart. Go get it and and get it in the woods and and film everything. You know, you can't film too much. You really can't just everything that looks cool or any animal you see. Just film it all. Film the sunsets, the sunrises. You know, the the driving down the road, the getting out of the truck. Film everything. And I mean, it's it's just cool to have, even if you don't use it for anything. If you don't edit it, if you don't put together a video, just to have that footage to go back and you know show your family and friends at Thanksgiving or anything. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I really started filming just to film the bucks that I wasn't going to shoot, the younger ones, just to get them on film to show people. And then we kind of started doing a couple of doe hunt videos, and being able to have that shot on camera to me is just absolutely huge. It shows you everything. It tells you when to track the deer, how to track the deer. The shot was good, bad, everything. It shows you how much the deer dropped when the arrow released, and as soon as I started seeing that, I was completely hooked and was really trying to film every kill I could. Yeah, I kind of come across the same situation. You know, I, I filmed a, a nice 10-point buck. He was probably only two and a half, but in the moment, I thought he was a deer I had on camera from the previous year that was three and a half. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy how that buck fever really gets into you, and you see things differently than it actually is out there in the field, you know? No, that's definitely huge. I've noticed that big time, especially when you're in the moment of the hunt. What you think happened really didn't happen. That deer you think ran straight away from you, well, maybe he angled to your right. Or we've had to go back to review footage tons of times just to see where the animal ran and what tree he walked by. It's just a total different ball game, either being on the ground or being in the stand. But, yeah, it's a lot different than what happens in your head when the adrenaline's pumping. Absolutely. Yeah, he thought this buck was a – a year older than what it actually was and a completely different buck. And then we went back to the footage and looked at it. It was a completely different deer. When I shoot a deer, it's awesome to have them, but then the story's over. And I'm sure you feel the same way about that 170. You know, I mean, the story's over with this deer and now you got it. You start over on another one, but there's always that little bit like, man, man, it's, it's over. You know what I mean? Or so. that, that chase for that deer. Like maybe remember when I was chasing homeboy, I had this figured out and this figured out, and he was doing this and that. Yeah. Like when you're in the stand after after the hunt, you're you're still thinking about that deer, because it was so entrenched in your mind that hey, I gotta get it done because I only have so many chances to do it. And even like uh, kind of what you guys were saying, like you kind of miss getting trail camera pictures of them. Like you go to check your trail cameras, you're like, man, I'm not gonna get a picture of this guy anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it kind of. He lives on my wall forever, and I will never forget this. It was the greatest thing. But it is kind of – it is. there's a little bit of a letdown when you chase a deer for multiple years, and you're so used to seeing him on camera, and you're like, oh, hey, there you are. And then you, you he's not there anymore. It, it, there is a little bit of a downside to it. It's so much more than just the deer, too. Yeah. It's, it's the whole hunt and, and the challenge, and you get you get wrapped up, and your whole life like revolves around that, that, wanting that moment again. Yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're into the level that you guys are and Cody and I are at, you know, getting pictures of a deer. So, I mean, just to the exactly what you were saying, I had pictures of a deer that was three and a half. This year he's going to be four and a half, and he put on just a little bit more inches. Wasn't super crazy. And uh, I didn't get him bow hunting or, you know, the first season. I don't, I don't know exactly when Cliff shot him. I think it was this Sunday night. Of first season shotgun so you know i th- and, and i think it was the time that i wasn't there and uh 
you know, it was a buck that I was following and chasing for, and I, that was the first year I actually had really good history with. And it was, it was nice to see somebody getting, but then again, with the, I know the next time I go to check my trail camera, he's not going to be on there, you know? I can't count on that deer being on there, you know? And that's what's funny to me is we get, we get people, you know, about, you know, anti-hunters and stuff like that, and they don't understand how passionate we are about the animal, but we want to harvest them. But it just blows their mind that we want to harvest an animal or kill an animal, but we actually love the animal, and we want to get it to maturity and stuff, you know. But that story just says, you know, you bow hunting is so insane, and it gets so deep in you that it's hard to explain to anybody that isn't in it and doesn't understand what, we go through and the emotions of oh man it's intense if you're not fully entrenched into bow hunting at this point of this podcast you probably just hit the pause button <laughs> this is i mean from here on out just don't even i mean just unsubscribe just do do all that I mean, it, it's not gonna get any better <laughs> and truly we spend even more money trying to keep these deer alive yeah we're trying to shoot one or two of them but the amount of money we spend in doing food plots and the supplemental feeding in the winter time to keep them alive and get through those super tough months for them. There's more money spent to keep these deer alive. That's what a lot of anti hunters don't understand. It's crazy. You can kill something you care so much about. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's insane that, but that's what we're striving to do. But it, it, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm like super in a passion. I'm, I'm getting pumped up on this podcast, man. This is a damn good podcast. Yeah. November yet? Yeah, yeah I know. No, shit. Uh, just like Cody was saying, you know, his buddy found these sheds of this deer that Cody had, you know, pictures of this year. And uh, I remember coming to work the day that Cody got a churrican picture of this deer. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you call him? A giant? A, a I don't know. monster? He's, what, he's what, 170s. What do you call him? Okay, he's 170s. so he got a picture of this 170. I mean, he's still all intact, still in velvet. And he said, hey, man, check this out. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Because my buddies, my best buddies, showed me a picture of a 170 in August. I mean, come on now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that deer's probably, most time you get a picture in August. I mean, he at that point, he had all his trash, so he's probably high 170s. Dude. And. And I'm like, hey, I'm never going to see this deer. Then I get a picture of him in November, and then I get a picture of him in late November, and then I get a picture of him in December. And I'm like, ah, I just got to kill this deer. But people don't understand <laughs> how crazy you get. Right. My wife don't even understand. When my buddy found these sheds, I'm like, I have to leave the house right now <laughs> and, and go look at these sheds. I have, I cannot sit here and think about this. I text my buddy. I'm like, do you mind if I come look at him? He's like, no, come on out. <laughs> I'm like hauling ass out of there. I gotta get them. I gotta hold them. I'm like, okay, this is what I chased all year, and next year he's gonna be bigger, and I have all this history. And now that I hold his sheds, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't shoot him this year because I'm gonna shoot him next year, and he's gonna be 200 inches. <laughs> That's what I'm saying right now. I don't know what's gonna happen, but. We're getting we're getting off hand on this. No, podcast. I know. <laughs> so, I know. You texted me and said, "Hey, he went out shed hunting, found these found these sheds." I said, all right, oh, send, me, a bit. send me a picture, you know. So it started getting me fired up. And then when Cody went out there and actually seen him, got his hands on him, took a video, and then he's on his way back home, and he calls me again. And Cody's just through the roof 
jacked up. I don't even know how he's driving the truck. <laughs> so, of course, it gets me jacked up. And then I told the wife on, like, Wednesday. I mean, I, I just started watching deer videos again on YouTube. I said, I'm ready for deer season. I, it, it, this whole Mr. <laughs> Freeze situation just got me over the moon, ready to go. All right, we got to get back on. We got to get some more topics. We could <laughs> talk we, about this. Do, we don't have to do anything. Well, yeah, I know. We could guess. We could do like three hours just hanging out with you guys and talking. So, All right, let's talk about that North Dakota buck. You guys, that's an awesome video. I love the way you guys laid that out. Out of a blind, correct? Uh, that was actually my hunt this year. Oh, uh, okay. The movie was a couple of years ago. All right. So, so you guys want to talk about the buck this year or – we, we kind of broke up on you there for a minute. I think we we missed the the, uh, the topic. Oh, I was We're talking about now the North Dakota buck. Okay. On, on uh, this year was that your kill, Matt? Or yeah, yep. That was uh, that was um, the ten pointer I got this year out in North Dakota. And that was self films. That the one you were talking about? Yeah. Holy cow, okay. man! I mean, why are you driving to North Dakota? <laughs> that you know. After hour fifteen in a truck, we were wondering the same damn thing. <laughs> I know. I just say I've been I've been fourteen and a half hours in a car by myself driving up there for work, and, and I got to like hour thirteen. I just got through Iowa, and I was like, "This is way <laughs> too damn far." I still got South Dakota yeah, to go. It's crazy. We uh, we we started going out there two years ago, um, and we, we got out there our first time ever. We had a few, you know, a, a buddy of ours has a uh, duck hunting camp out there. He's got a house we rent, stuff like that. So he kind of pointed us in, in the right direction, a few landowners to talk to. And we get out there. We drove all through the night. We get there at daylight, and there is no trees whatsoever. So we're like, I think this guy's screwing with us. I don't I don't think there's actually white-tailed deer out here. This is crazy. There's no way. So we drive around, and, and uh, we end up finding a few sets of deer tracks like well I, I guess we'll just set up a little corn pile on a trail camera here and see what happens i i don't really know what to expect and um long story short we go on that first year and we ended up killing we, we filled both of our tags i killed a 141 inch 10 pointer in full velvet and my buddy killed like a i think it was 115 inch eight point um and then we, we went back this year and i self-filmed it and uh over the past that was the summer of 2017. They had a really bad drought out there. Um, I mean, we were hunting, basically out there, we're hunting cornfields and uh, cattail marshes, little ponds, sloughs, stuff like that. And uh, the corn was only, you know, waist high to chest high. So there really wasn't as many places for the deer to hide. The soybeans were pretty much garbage. Um, and I, I really think the antler size was affected from the drought too, because the first year we went out, we were getting multiple 130s, 140s, even a few 150s on camera. But this past season, I mean, we were struggling to get anything over 130 inches on camera. And you could tell they were kind of older deer, but, you know, you could see their ribs and stuff like that in the trail cam pictures. And I just think the drought kind of really affected it. But we were still able to get on a ton of bucks. And I think uh, there's four of us out there this year and three of us brought home deer. So it, it's uh there's nothing like North Dakota. You just it's there's nobody out there, nobody bow hunts. It's you're out there on your own. And it's just it's a good time. Yeah, that the that we've never been out west. We I've been thinking about going out there, and I don't know if you ever got you guys ever watch Whitetail Adrenaline, but the spot and stalk yeah. and stuff that they do out there. I'm just yeah. like I just want to go try it. I'm gonna look like a fool to everybody and their brother, but everything on film looks easy until yeah. you probably actually do it. Just yeah. like us self filming, like yeah. it looks easy on film until you actually do it. Yeah. So we're gonna go out there and just try to do that. But 
It's going <laughs> to be an gonna embarrassment. Be yeah. <laughs> we'll, we're, we'll probably not put that on YouTube. <laughs> um, uh, you guys are talking about, you know, you're, you're hunting your home state, you're hunting North Dakota and Iowa, and then the, the Booner was in Ohio, correct? Yes. Yep. So you guys are hunting multiple different states throughout the year. Kind of go into how you do that. And before you do that, um, if you guys don't mind, I kind of like to make a connection with, you know, what you guys do as a living to how you guys are able to do this. So go into that and then go into how you guys are hunting different states. Well, I work for uh, my city's um, water department. So, you know, being governmental and, and city and stuff like that, we get a ton of vacation time. So, I mean, I'll get four weeks of vacation time than any overtime I work. I'm also able to take that as like we call it comp time. It's a time and a half of vacation time. So I save all my overtime. I save everything pretty much for deer season. I don't really do any uh, spring break vacations or anything like that. Um, I've never seen the ocean, <laughs> never been on a plane. <laughs> I, uh, I just deer hunt. That's what I do. And yeah. uh, we save all my vacation for that. And, yeah, and I, uh, I work in commercial title insurance. Um, similar to Matt, I get very good. I get about 40 to 50 days off paid a year, so it allows me to chase the whitetails. And the same thing with Matt, I don't take vacations. Everything is saved up for deer season or doing skipping out in the spring, doing food plots. But even in my job, because we do a lot of title searching and um, – it helps me out trying to find leases and property owners' names and property lines and stuff like that. So it is definitely kind of beneficial. Yeah, I think I'm just going to just sign me. You guys got any job open availabilities <laughs> to get that kind of vacation done? <laughs> just go ahead and sign me up. I'm moving to Michigan, baby. <laughs> I'm going to go inside right now and just tell the wife I'm headed north. <laughs> but, <laughs> with with – a hundred and eight thousand hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> however many, uh, however but, uh, many is up there. All right. Well, we we made the connection with how you guys work. So, the you know, hunting different states. That's just in how you just because you guys have so much vacation time that you're able to do that. Is that how you guys plan it out? Because I mean, for me, I like I go to Missouri to for rifle season because that's where I grew up at and. I'm gonna take homie this year. Hopefully, if it he's gonna have a baby right during the ride. Who God, plans? Who does that? Who does that? Man, I don't know. Okay, all right. Oh. I don't this, know. This is getting released way after we're gonna we're gonna put it out here. So I'm gonna lay it out right now on the podcast. <laughs> you guys should be privileged that you're about to get this info right now. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife's birthday is Valentine's Day. Two fourteen of ninety one. Who, who marries a person whose birthdays on Valentine's Day? Come know, on, you got a double dip. On Come that on, day. dude. So, hey, so you mean those, those Valentine's Day memes you see on Facebook are uh, true? Be, be careful, it's rough coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is true. <laughs> dude, I mean, I mean, you see those, and then you go home and. She's got the foot massager all warmed up, ready to go. <laughs> this thing's getting PG-13. Right. Foot massager's out. So, so that's where babies come from, foot massager. Yeah, that's right. yeah. November 9th, look out. <laughs> <laughs> Middle of the peak rut. Yeah, just peak rut, Illinois. Going a week early, going to miss the first week of November. <laughs> it's going to be dangerous. <laughs> but anyways, okay, I'm going to try to take him down there rifle hunting. 
But like back to our original question before we had that side. I told you he's good at sidebars. That's what he's... I did not even do anything. No, You're the fault. one who brought it up. All right, all right, moving on. Anyways, <laughs> even going down there and planning that weekend hunt for me is a lot. And to plan three or four different states, I mean, that's a lot of a lot of time invested and a lot of figuring out where you're going to go. If and... you just work every day your schedule, it probably wouldn't be a problem getting a couple of days off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I really like to take a floater, you know, floater vacation day in the middle of the week. I'm kind of that guy, you know what I mean? He does. Yeah. He, he's like, oh, yeah, dude, it's November 9th. I got to go. Yeah. I yeah. got to be in the stand. Yeah. I'm like, ah, no, I'm not going to work today. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So, I mean, that just blows me away how you guys are able to hunt multiple states like that and, and organize it all and have a place to go. So, as we talked before, you said a lot of your places are public, correct? Yeah, I mean, I would say we're probably 50-50. We, uh, you know, we don't have, we're not, we didn't hit the lot or anything like that, so we're not just rolling in the cash. So, we, <laughs> uh, we always try to line up, you know, one, maybe two good leases where we know we can go. We've got stands set. We've got cameras. We've got bucks we know. We're going to be on deer. We try to get on one or two of those properties every year. But other than that, we uh, we use public land or permission as a, a sole backup. And that's kind of, you know, if we tag out in one state on a lease, those are kind of always our first priority. Then we're, we're bumping around. We're heading we're heading to Missouri hunting the public land. Is Are the deer moving there? Are we going back to Ohio because it's happening there? Are we heading up to Wisconsin? Where, where are we going to be? We just we bump around, you know, we, we focus our priority around the leases. And then once we fill those tags, it's just a crapshoot. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, reminder, if you hit the lotto, call me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so likewise, when you, uh, All when right. you, All right, I'll return the favor. When you, uh, when you going to go find those public pieces, what, you know, kind of what do you, what do you, I don't want you to give your secrets, you know, away, but what are you kind of drawn to on, how you pick a public place to, to go to. And honestly, I would say the very first thing I do is I, I get an area, you know, maybe I've been through or, or I've heard of, and I know it might be decent. And I do a Google search, say it's a uh, state forest. I will Google it. And if I see people talking about it, it rules it out immediately because if people are talking about it on Google, everybody and their brother knows about it. And, you know, we, we try to look for the areas, you know, nobody's talking about on the internet, or maybe it's not a, a uh, advertised state area. Maybe it's a county-owned property you can hunt. Maybe it's a walk-in type area. I mean, there's there's a lot of different public hunting areas that aren't really listed as a, a state forest or conservation area or anything like that, you know. So that's kind of what we focus on. Um, and we've really concentrated on some smaller pieces, too. We uh, A lot of people, they say, okay, there's 10,000 acres I can go hunt here. Well, that's what everybody thinks. So, you know, we focus on those little 30, 40, 80 acre chunks, stuff like that. I mean, that's a lot of times they get overlooked. Yeah. That's the same with me. We got a good piece of state ground here and I hunt those overlooked spots that people don't even know is actually part of the state ground unless you really dig into the map and, and figure it out. And, uh, most of the time I have my piece that I hunt on, which is, is very small, but it's, it's really good. And I normally put people on public ground and Say, hey, man, if you guys want to come here and hunt, I can put you on some deer. So if you guys ever mm-hmm. want to come to Illinois, let me know. I might be able to slide you in I'll on say some, some public All right. Damn near your I back door. I got to hunt uh, Hadley Creek for three or four years in a row back before Illinois got hit really bad with EHD. And 
that is one amazing place. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, where they're they're a, little, unreal. they're a little south in us, and uh, I don't really want to say it on this podcast because the leases are just going to be blowing up. But um, <laughs> there, I think the reason that more big bucks are shot there is because there's more hunters there, because that's the name that they got. But right. we're we're in yeah. Knox County, and I'll tell you, every year there is some. Every year, there's multiple people that shoot a 200. I mean, people like you see it on on TV. People shoot a 200, but around here, people shoot them. I mean, it's it's rare, but there's multiple people in this county that shoot one. I mean, during shotgun to bow, and it's insane to say that, but it's just so good. And deer grow so good here because there's a like north of here, you lose a lot of timber. There's so much timber in Knox County. It's it's insane. I mean. Well, I'll tell you what, we will make you one heck of a deal, and we're going to trade you a Michigan rut bow hunt for an Illinois hunt. How's that sound? Can I uh, <laughs> can I come up there when, like, you guys do, like, a super big deer drive and just blast, like, three does and, like, a fork and horn or something? <laughs> and, and we'll trade you, like, October 1st hunt. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll put you out on the, the state ground, man. I, I I can set you up and show you show you what I think's good. I, was saying, I know I I'm not I haven't been on the state ground, but I know Cody got some baller stands. Yeah, I got some good. Spots. He knows some. He knows some really good spots. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll t- we'll talk after we'll talk after the podcast. We'll wait a date on that. Yeah. yeah we'll the way talk. it's going, hopefully I'm gonna be in one of them baller spots <laughs> on the state ground. <laughs> I'm not gonna give you the super super good spots, but I'll, I'll give you the good spots. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we'll talk about that after the podcast. I want to hit two more. We're uh, we're 55 minutes in right now, which is unbelievable because you guys are so fun to talk to, and uh, I want to I want to hit what makes you different than other hunting shows. I know we kind of hit on it, but I like to get that from the person that's putting it out and what you're trying your message is trying to send. You know, man. Honestly, at this point, we don't really know what separates us from everyone else. We're still, and I know it's season three, and we should probably have this figured out by now, but we're we're still building ourselves and trying to figure out, I guess, where we fit in with this whole thing and what what people like about us, what people don't like about us, what they want to see more of. And I guess we're just trying to figure out what what would make us different. You know, what's something that people want to see that's different? And that's kind of where we're at right now. We're just we're building and we're we're trying to change a little bit. And it's tough. We're just uh, we want to set ourselves apart from everybody and be different. And that's that's what we're working on. And like Matt says, we we are still trying to find a, a little bit newer niche, I guess you would like to say. But at the same time, we like to show that, hey, we're average guys just like everybody else. And we just ha- have a love and passion for the sport of hunting. And we'll do whatever it takes to to get on some big deer. Michigan hunting is not the best at all. So it forces us to travel out of state and multiple states every year to ch- try to find these big whitetails. And we try to have fun with it, try to make it funny and just is real life hunting. It's not filled with sponsors paying us paychecks and we're using products that we don't like. We use the products that work the best for us and that's how we do it. That is, that is the hit line to this episode right there. Yeah, that's perfect, man. Like we don't, we don't want you guys on here, you know, pushing this episode, pushing this product or pushing that product because you guys don't believe in it. We, I mean, yep. Co- Cody and I talk about the veteran broadhead because we actually believe in the product and we actually believe in the people behind it. 
it's not just the product itself. It's the people who've engineered it and have put in the work and the time and effort to get it to where it is today. And you guys are doing what you can with the time that you have allotted to you. I mean, you, you can't go everywhere and hunt the rut that, you know, you're not going to be in Michigan during the rut in the, in Ohio during the rut. I mean, it's just almost impossible. But you guys are doing what you can, and that's what we we love about you guys. Yeah, we, we strive to find people. And what you said about what makes you different was super cool to me because you're trying to figure it out, and that's honorable to me because there's a lot of people that kind of do what you guys are do. You think you do, you know, but it's good to do something different. But you're trying to find what people like. And, you know, if you guys – you know, get some falling and we'll, we'll, we'll call it out to our, our episode, our followers on this episode, you know, go check them out and tell them what you like and tell them what you, you know, you think you might, you might like them not to do, you know? And that's what we mm-hmm. do on this episode, you know, on this podcast too, is we want input and it's, it's honorable to you guys to say, Hey, we, we don't have this a hundred percent figured out. We want input and we want what people, we want to figure out what people want to hear. We want, you know, cause you, you guys are doing this, for you to have the info, but you're also doing it to put entertainment out for other people. And it's honorable that you guys want to show. And so many people that we have on this podcast. And that's why we kind of reach out to the people that are like, like you guys, you have a, a, a very good following, but you're not, you know, crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's we want, the we, want we want the good, the bad. We want, if you hate our show, Please tell us. We we want to know why. We want to know what we can change, what we can do better. We, uh, you know, we're not trying to. I mean, we would love to make a living at doing this, but realistically, it's probably never going to happen. We're just we're out there to make kick-ass videos and and show people, hey, you can also make kick-ass videos. You know, just get out there with the camera and have some fun. What and you, uh, what do you think if I just send some hilarious hunting videos to you guys? You, could, could, <laughs> could you make something really funny? Because that's probably what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> oh man see what i gotta put up with oh, all the time oh, man uh, uh-oh. uh-oh big uh-oh button yeah. they, they didn't say yes yeah no all right we're, t- we're turning it off now but uh what um i i like that you guys said that and that's the same thing with we and that's why we reach for guys like you and you know when you asked to come on you know i that was perfect for us because we we want guys like you that we can tell our genuine good people. We can tell if you're putting on an act right from the start of your YouTube video or your yep. online video yep. within seconds, you know, mm-hmm. or if you guys are just being yourself, being genuine and, and trying to put out a product. And when you, when you get into trying to reach out to people like this, you, you can, you can pick those people out I'm in a crowd. I mean, it's, it's, and we've we've had people message us, and we're like, no, we can't do it, man, because yeah. we we know you're not in it for real, you know. So mm-hmm. we're super glad you guys come on. We're an hour deep in this thing right now, and uh, I think we could have a whole another episode with you guys. So yeah. they they just said they don't want to edit my film. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are super awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm the lighter side of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We got to have a guy like that, I, you know. You know, just the way you guys put your film out is just blowing my mind. I just can't believe that somebody has all that time when the giant's coming in to be able to get the film on him 
you know, get the camera on him, draw, stop him. I mean, just kill, kill a shot, follow him out the woods. I mean, it just, it just blew my mind. Cause yeah. I, know, I, I've learned how tough it is. I mean, it's just stellar job, guys. Yeah, you guys are killing it, and we will, we'll tag your link with the, with uh, when we release this, so people can follow your stuff. Cause we. They're not gonna follow our YouTube, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't even promote our YouTube. <laughs> but anyways, because you guys got good stuff coming out, and and I know that I'm pumped for this year. You know, just messing with you guys and stuff about you know your your coming up season. I'm pumped to see what you guys got coming out, and I'm definitely gonna be following because I dig this stuff. I dig that. Like it's almost like. People say they listen to underground music. I'm into like the underground Dude. hunters out there that are putting Crazy. in hard work to get out there to people, and not the famous people that get paid five thousand dollars to say, "Oh, I shoot this broadhead or I shoot right. this bow or something." You know, that's not real to me. You guys are real, so we appreciate that. Definitely, yeah. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming on. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Uh, like I said, in the future, if, I, I feel like we get a whole episode out of both of you guys. I, know, <laughs> I mean, really. It's crazy. So, uh, <laughs> I'm well, ready to go right now, dude. Let's, yeah. let's put Homie's a 180 ready, down right Homie's now. Let, to I want to hear the story. Homie's 180 <laughs> right now. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, to the listeners, thanks for listening. Like always, we love you. Keep hitting that play button. All right, guys. We ended it, but we are back in normal <laughs> White Tail Legacy Podcast fashion. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot to tell you guys where to find these guys at. So hit them with your Instagram, Facebook, and where they can find your videos, guys. Yeah, you can find us on uh, Instagram, the rise underscore hunt. And uh, Facebook, I think we're, what, the, the rise bow hunting. And our uh, website is www.therisehunt.com. You find all of our latest content on any of that. And uh, we will be working on YouTube later this year. We don't have much on that, but that's uh, that's going to be one of our new avenues. So keep uh, keep in check for that. That'll be coming. I know I definitely will. So I'll be checking out all of it. Like I said, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks to the listeners for listening. This is the thanks real cutout. <laughs> <laughs> Whitetail Legacy out. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.